2: Oh,
3: yes, it sure is, and we are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy-top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who did not pretend to visit the southern border. Joe Biden goes down to El Paso yesterday. I don't
4: remember that ever happening. But
3: it did once they had the migrant camps swept off the streets. And, oh, by the way, the presidential Twitter account posted a photo of him next to a border wall. As if, oh, I don't know, uh, maybe walls work or something. This
0: is total crap.
3: Is it ever. And we're going to get into it with Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan, former Arizona Attorney General Mark Burnovich, And, of course, your fine self at 888-788-9910. If you want your voice heard in this audio safe space where everybody is welcome. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. Say it every day. You could be a Republican on this show. You could be a Democrat. All we ask is that you don't be a That is it. Happy Monday. Uh, I was on America's Newsroom this morning with the great Bill Hemmer and Dana Perino. If you missed it, it is on the Fox Cross America Facebook page. I will be on the Sean Hannity show tonight at 9 o'clock Eastern time here on the Fox News channel if you want a bit of that action. Uh, but, of course, the big show in my personal life this weekend, if you follow all things Jimmy Fallon, uh, is that I was actually off TV Saturday, Sunday. I actually, like, had a break. Uh, I put a—I actually had an amazing weekend. I put a lift kit on my Bronco. So shout out to the fine folks at Tint World. Uh, we put some 35-inch tires on the Broncos, some Nitto Grapplers. And we lifted it three inches, so all things considered, it's now about five inches higher than it was. And uh, I spent a weekend just driving around with Jenny and Lincoln. It actually was amazing, so I am very thankful for that as we take the airwaves. But while I was touring the north shore of Long Island, blasting terrible music in a Ford Bronco, Joe Biden was down at the southern border, and I have to be honest— uh, was it the actual epicenter of the problem? The answer would be no. No, not even near. Well, first of all, well, let me just tell you what happened. Let me tell you why it happened. Let me tell you how we got here. Because the whole hook of this show is not that I have any formal broadcast training or that I have any idea whatsoever what I'm doing when I get on the air. <laughs> No, we say this all the time. My radio superpower is the fact that I don't actually have one. I'm just a regular guy, uh, which is great for radio. Not always great when you walk into the makeup room for TV, though. i got to be honest. They were not excited to see me after all the food I ate this weekend. No! Oh, no, no! No, <laughs> it wasn't good. I tried to explain it away. I'm like, listen, it's an emotional time for me. I'm a busy guy. I never get off. I swallowed a lot of aggression along with a lot of pizzas. (laughs) But the point is they powdered me up so I didn't look like a talking ham on TV today. And, of course, one of the things everybody is talking about is the fact that Joe Biden was at the border. And here is why. Here is my other radio superpower. One, yes, I'm a regular guy. Two, I own a politics to English dictionary. You know, a lot of times when you hear a politician get in front of a microphone, it doesn't make any sense to you. Do you speak any English? You know, because they're speaking some, you know, political Washingtonese designed to insulate them against criticism and, you know, protect them at the polls. I own a politics to English dictionary. I can translate what goes on. And when it comes to the southern border, here is the deal. Okay. Biden has been in office for two years. Okay. Okay. He has broken month by month by month every record for border crossings known to man. Biden is such a disaster. Really is. Okay, he's broken every record known to man. And just to give you numbers on that so you don't think this is like some right-wing strongman, some, you know, Fox News, MAGA Trump radio hour. No, my job, my team not a political party it's not a particular candidate my team is america and if we're going to be honest america is getting screwed right now that's true that Mm -hmm. is true okay more people more migrants have crossed the border under joe biden in the past year just the past year Than they did in the entire four years under Trump. Biden sucks. He really does. Let me give you the numbers. Okay, this matters. Let's just have an honest conversation because this is not about Biden versus Trump. This is about America versus a secure border. Okay, this is about America versus a flow of fentanyl that's become its leading cause of adult death. This is not me against you. If you vote differently than I do, who cares? You still are going to know people that die from fentanyl overdoses. You're still going to know people who live in cities where the resources are strained. Because here's a newsflash. We are not on a sustainable trajectory. It's not even where it's going. It's where it is. Okay. 2,378,944 migrant crossings that we know of in the past year. Are you ready for that? 2,378,944. Four. Okay. That's the number. Two million three hundred and seventy eight thousand nine hundred and forty four. Do you know what the numbers were under Trump? Twenty seventeen, four hundred and fifteen thousand five hundred and seventeen was the lowest number of illegal border crossings since nineteen seventy one. You know what they were in twenty eighteen? Five hundred and twenty-one thousand and seventy. You know what they were in twenty nineteen? Nine hundred and seventy-seven thousand five hundred and nine. That was the highest year, if you remember going into it. They shut down the government over migrant caravans. They said, we can't continue to fund the government. This is you know. That's not right. Okay, and of course, 977,509 was the number. In 2020, 458,088 illegal border crossings. Okay, that we know of. What do all four of those numbers have in common? That combined, they are less than the amount Biden let in this year. If you want to be clear, okay, Biden in last year, last year in 2021... Let in one million seven hundred and thirty four thousand six hundred and eighty six. You got to do better than that. You got to do a lot better than that. OK, but Biden didn't care this whole entire year. He didn't care the whole entire twenty one twenty twenty one as fentanyl raged and poisoned kids, killed kids. It is they forget kids. It's the leading cause of adult death in the country right now. Right now, fentanyl. Okay, as migrants were drowning in rivers, as migrants were suffocating in tractor trailers, as 30% of the women who cross this border illegally get sexually assaulted by the human traffickers, did Biden say a word about any of it? The answer would be no. And why is that substantial? The then versus now. Okay, well, the reason it's going on now, first and foremost, just so we're clear, is because it has become a liability for Democratic run cities and states. Now you've got the governor of Colorado trashing the federal response. You've got elected Democrats down in Texas. You've got prominent mayors, you know, Eric Adams here in New York City recently took time out of his busy schedule of popping bottles with models in the club to say, hey, you're straining our resources. We can't do this. You see, everybody is a sanctuary city when Trump wants to deport people who aren't supposed to be here. Okay, but their support for sanctuary cities only goes as far as the sanctuary city actually physically coming to their town. Okay, if you remember Martha's Vineyard, okay, which can house over a million people in the month of July because it's one of the biggest, you know, well-heeled vacation destinations in America. Martha's Vineyard, who has a big sign that says, welcome to Martha's Vineyard, nobody's illegal here, okay, told you they didn't have the resources to house 24 migrants. Democrats are so full of crap. Of course they did, they just didn't have the desire. But every one of these cities that says, oh, we're a sanctuary city, what Trump is doing is wrong. If you shouldn't, you know, he's throwing you out of the country, you come here, you're welcome. Everybody's welcome here. You're lying your ass off. And we know they're lying because every single one of them, whether it's D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser, where it's Eric Adams, Okay, if you want to head out to Colorado, that jackass. Oh, well, you're straining the resources. We can't can't have this. This is unsustainable. Of course it is. We've been saying that for two years. But they turned border security into a political issue. It's not a matter of Republican or Democrat. It's a matter of right versus wrong. And when Joe Biden said yesterday, okay, well, the border crisis didn't happen overnight. Okay, he's technically correct. Why? Because he signed his disastrous executive orders, ending the Remain in Mexico policy and halting border wall construction at 8 a.m. in the morning. So, now it didn't happen overnight. It happened at 8 a.m. in the morning. The minute you rescinded those two acts, it opened up the floodgates for human traffickers and drug cartels and led to the humanitarian crisis we now know. Again, more people crossed the border under Biden last year than they did in the entire four years under Trump. That
0: is correct.
3: But why is Biden finally speaking out now? It's a two part answer. One is yes, it has become a liability within his own party. But two is now it's safer for him to speak out because he no longer controls the House of Representatives.
1: Oh,
3: wow. This is so important. Okay, and no one's making this point. I don't know. Uh, you could believe me, I'm not smart. You've, you, a lot of you have met me. Okay, I'm honest. I'm not smart, but I'm also not lazy. Okay, prior to doing this, I was driving a taxi 84 hours a week, doing stand up comedy at night, and you know, barely holding a family together. Okay, but I'm not lazy. And I, I'll give all of this stuff so much thought, and you really think about it. And the God's honest truth is the reason Biden is acting like he cares now is because he doesn't have to do anything. Correct the mundo. If he acted like he cared six months ago, remember when he was asked, hey, how come you're not going down to the border? He's like, oh, there's more important things to get
1: to. It's people with a dirty mind
2: that think like
1: that.
3: Really is. Okay, but understand, no, we got bigger fish to fry than the border. Just because we've broken every illegal border crossing record known to man. Just because all the teenagers and college kids are dying from fat, it doesn't matter. We got more important stuff. That was his attitude. Why? Because if Biden said six months ago or Biden said a year ago, hey, this border's a mess. We got to do something. He was in charge of the presidency, the Senate, and the House. Meaning if he said we got to do something, he'd have to do something. Bingo. But now he's in a situation, you understand where he can say we've got to do something, if only we controlled the House. Oh, the Republicans. It's such a mess. This is the problem. Man, I wish. Stop lying to us. He can't stop lying to you. Okay, why? Because if he told you the truth, it would be harmful to him. Okay, but the God's honest truth is he doesn't care about you. He cares about him, and that's the reason we're in the position that we're in. OK, he went down to the pretend border yesterday. They got the migrant camps off the streets in El Paso prior to him arriving. That means when the news cameras followed him up and down the streets, like, oh, it just looks like a thriving metropolis. OK, there are so many migrants, so many migrant camps overwhelming the resources of El Paso right now. Do you understand? this? imagine like he took a tour of Vegas and they removed the blackjack tables. You would just walk around like, I don't know, there's no gambling in Vegas. I don't know why anybody would say that. That's what they did. And then for the official photo that they tweeted out from the presidential Twitter account, what are they standing next to? What are they standing next to? Who would have thought? A wall. A wall. Why is that significant? Because, again, oh, there's nothing down here. News cameras don't see an issue down here. Of course they don't because the wall worked. Okay, the thing you killed worked. Understand. We do have a humanitarian crisis at our border. It is not new. Okay, last year we broke the record for illegal border questions in a year. This year we almost doubled it. What do both of those numbers have in common? They came after the guy in the Oval Office rescinded Trump's border policies simply because, simply because of politics. And I say this all the time. Political opposition is supposed to come with a basic decency. You don't go out and harm the country Just because you can weaponize the narrative against the other side. Every single Democrat, including Joe Biden as a senator, voted for border wall funding. Okay, but when they got into office this time around, the first thing they did was sign an executive order saying, well, oh, gosh, you know, we got to get rid of this border wall. No, what do you mean remain in Mexico? What remain in Mexico does is it forces people to stay in their home countries until their asylum case is granted, at which point they're allowed into ours. When you allow them to come here, get apprehended, and immediately let into the country, that empowers the drug cartels to guarantee people safe passage to America. If by safe you mean, yeah, 30% of the women are going to get sexually assaulted, a lot of you are going to get beat up, some of you are going to get killed, but the point is give us five grand, give us a bounty, we'll get you into the country because Biden ain't going to throw you out. And that's the bottom line. Biden said a lot of nice things yesterday. But you know, as it comes to border security, it's like any other issue. It's not what you say. It is what you do. And in this interest, Biden is saying a lot because he doesn't have to do anything because he can go out and blame the Republican Party.
4: This is politics as usual.
2: You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
3: That's my name. Don't wear it out.
2: Precise. Personal. Powerful. Is America's weather team in the palm of your hands? Get Fox weather updates throughout your busy day, every day. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: When it comes to immigration, it seems like it's
5: a better issue. better issue for them than trying to solve it. Look, we need, we need more resources to secure the border. Yet again, extreme Republicans have said no. Many Republicans agree we should do something. But it's time to stop listening to their inflammatory talk. It's time to look at their record.
4: You ought to be ashamed of
3: yourself. Yo, Joe Biden blaming extreme Republicans for the lack of progress at the border. Joe Biden just controlled for two whole years the Senate, the House, and the presidency. Do you understand this is a man who is shamelessly full of I'm not the only one who's paying attention. Joe is in Springfield, Missouri, far from the border, but it's a problem up there too. What's up, Joe?
6: Well, I mean my biggest deal is
2: this. Mm-hmm.
6: We've got all these illegal immigrants coming across the border and hey, I have no problem with having immigrants. Well, my family's immigrants. They're all Italian. But we came here illegally. Mm-hmm. But we're paying – as a taxpayer, I'm paying out of my taxes for all these people to be here. Yeah. Nobody talks or asks the question about how many billions and billions of dollars are going to all these illegals from all these other countries. And us as taxpayer don't have a choice but to pay for them to be here. I don't want them here.
3: Yeah, it's it's not sustainable. It's – the point we're trying to make is you want people to come contribute to the system – Um, yes, and just be a part of the American dream. But what they're creating at the border is not the American dream. It's an American humanitarian crisis, and it is a disaster in terms of resources. Not just for the cities, but like you said, for the taxpayers. But the God's honest truth is they don't care. Like, if they cared, they could have addressed this a year ago, they could have addressed it the year before that, or they could have just left the border policies in place. Understand that Trump cut illegal border crossings by 80%, and they weren't okay with that. That's the Point So they have created this problem and people, you know, thankfully some people recognize it. But I don't think the average American Joe really quick really gets this from the angle of it's just not practical. Meaning you can't just let anybody here and say, here's a free ride. And it doesn't mean we hate them. It doesn't mean we're a bunch of racists. It just means we are $33 trillion in debt and you can't just be handing stuff out anymore. Do you think there's a wake up call coming? Do you think other Americans get this or no? Do you think most people aren't paying attention?
6: You know, after seeing, you know, how the midterms went oh, scary, with the way uh, most people like give New York as an example. Yeah. They they voted for a governor that doesn't give a damn about crime. Mm-hmm. All she cares about is making money in the office that she's in. Yeah. And it's the same with in several other states as well. Yep. Now here in Missouri we don't fight it as much at you know, mm-hmm. as much as like New York or anybody else.
7: Mm-hmm.
6: You know, I mean we're pretty much in the same ranks as what we look at with Texas and Florida. Yep. But this has gotten to the point where, I mean, people don't understand inflation is not only because of what's going on with gas prices yes, and, you know, everything else. It's how much money we're putting out for all these illegals you from different it. countries that don't need to be.
3: No, you said it well. Good stuff. We'll do it again. Joe, telling the truth, man. You can't let everybody in, it's getting pricey. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. This show uh, is is New York-based <laughs> uh, year-round, but we've been on the road a lot. We're actually home the entire month of January, so the champ can get some writing done, make some TV magic happen, uh, but we're going back out on the road in February if you want to meet your radio buddy. Here are your options uh, for the next leg of this Fox Across America tour of ours. I will be at the Carson City Nugget in Carson, Nevada. That is Saturday night, February the 4th. It is a one-night gig. Two shows, Saturday night, smash and grab. We'll smoke some cigars. We'll hang out with Dean and the gang. It's going to be a banger. Uh, Fat Cats Comedy Club up in Utica. The legendary WIBX, the Bill Keeler Morning Crew, will be in the house for that. You're going to see me Friday night, February the 17th, Saturday night, February the 18th, and then in March, I am spending Friday night, March the 3rd, at the Federal Way Performing Art and Events Center. That is in Seattle, Washington. That is March the 3rd. March the 4th, I will be down in Sacramento at the Crest Theater. Saturday night, March the 4th. And then in April, April 7th, I'm at the Tower Theater in Bend, Oregon. April 8th, at the Egyptian Theater in Boise, Idaho. And, of course, April 21st and 22nd, back here on the East Coast, I will be at Bananas in Bergen, New Jersey. Dust off the Bon Jovi cassettes. Tease up those bangs and hop into the Camaro, Tina. We're telling jokes on the East Coast. Going to be a banger. Right now, I am in New York at Fox News Studios where we are reacting to a, a couple of things. But a crowded dance card today. Jim Jordan's coming by to talk about the Senate confirm excuse me, the House confirmation for Kevin McCarthy, which did end after midnight. Friday night went on 15 if you had the over 14 and a half in Vegas you made money we're going to talk about that with Jordan but one other thing I wanted to add to this border conversation okay is and this is the biggest problem we have right now really quickly when it comes to we don't play team ball in this country anymore what I mean by that is the border is the front door our house not the Republican house not the Democratic our house everybody who lives in this country Our southern border is the front door to the house. You need to know what's coming in your front door at night. You need to know what's coming in the morning, okay? You need to be able to decide who can and can't come in or out of the house. And if people are trying to come in illegally, you'd like to think we could put some type of apparatus in place to stop them. Now, the good news is we had one, okay? It was called a border wall. It cut illegal border crossings by 80%. The bad news is the minute he got into office... Joe Biden cut that policy, didn't complete the construction, ended the remain in Mexico policy. And because of that, as it empowered the cartels, it is incentivized coming here illegally. And it is creating a humanitarian crisis that, again, it's bad for our resources because we can't afford it. But it's really bad for the migrants, too. Like, I have empathy for these people. OK, if you know the borders open, if you know you're getting caught, but you'll get let into the country. You'd be crazy not to come. Why wouldn't you want to flee one of those nations, okay? Mexico is a narco state, okay? It's out of control. There's a war raging between the cartels and the government itself, and they've lost control of their streets. And then when you get into the Northern Triangle countries, it's out of control. These people have corrupt governments. They're facing food insecurity. They're plagued with all kinds of cartel violence. Yes, I completely get wanting to make a better life for your family. A potentially safer life for your family here in America. That's why our obligation to these folks is to speed up the immigration process. It's not to sit here and say Republicans are racist for wanting to secure the border. It's to say, hey, let's throw money into expediting the act of coming here legally. The reason Biden lost 40 points with Latinos is because the Latinos who migrated to this country legally really resent the fact that they're now encouraging people to come here illegally. When you're right, you're right, and you're right. But here it is, okay? John Kirby really freaks out as the New York Times, of all places, asks him if they're worse on the border than Trump was. It's clip 21.
2: I spent a long time covering immigration stuff during the Trump years. Um, I, I I never saw more um, damning quotes from immigration advocacy groups and human rights groups um, during the Trump years, as I saw yesterday, towards this administration? Well,
1: obviously, we take a different view. Uh, What we would say is that this is a president who understands uh, that uh, safe and legal uh, immigration into this country um, is a key cornerstone of our own um, security and prosperity, and that he is advancing ways to improve those legal pathways to entry.
8: It's nothing more than white noise coming from the White
3: House. Yo, John Kirby, you shameless idiot. I mean that, though. I mean, it's a nice show, okay? It's it's a feel-good show. And nobody's my enemy. I am not an activist. I'm a talk show host. But these people at the White House, and their indifference to what's been going on at the border because of their policies, is getting people killed. When he says the Biden administration, Biden's taken steps to expedite the process, to get people here legally quicker. <clears throat> no, he hasn't. Biden controlled the Senate and the House, and he's the president. If they wanted a bill, if they wanted to throw resources behind getting people into this con- country in a legal manner, they could have done that for the past two years. Did they even bring up this conversation once? The answer would be no. No, they were too busy telling you what? Oh, the border agents were out there on horseback, whipping Haitian migrants. That's what went on. No, it didn't. Never mind that the photographer who took those photos warned the Biden administration, hey, don't get out there and say they were whipping people. Nobody got whipped. They were on, you know, these were guys with split-rein horses. They were trying, okay, unfortunately not successfully, to secure the border, to beat back a stampede of migrants because we've lost operational control. But that didn't end with the Biden administration saying, well, this is really a problem. A lot of people are trying to come here illegally. Folks are drowning in the rivers. These poor border agents who've lost operational control of three sectors of our border are now in the water on horseback trying to keep migrants from not only, one, storming our border, but two, getting themselves killed. This is a bad situation. But rather than, I don't know, maybe taking uh, a little time then to address the process of expediting legal immigration to our country, what Biden, Mayorkas, and Kamala Harris did was attack the border agents with a straw man argument that they were whipping people. Uh, One cannot weaponize a horse uh, to aggressively attack a child. That is unacceptable. That is not what our policies and our training require. Please understand, let me be quite clear, Um, that is not acceptable. We will not tolerate mistreatment. And we will address it with full force based on the facts that we learned. Now listen, little boy. Understand. You're an idiot. Okay, my my Orcus, we will not tolerate it. Understand, this
2: is not a thing. Garbage like you just makes me sick. Yo,
3: he received an email. The reason we've saved that permanent audio in our my little audio card of sound clips and crazy things you hear during the day is because we covered this story extensively. Orcas directly received an email from the photographer of the photos of that incident saying, don't say people were getting whipped. I noticed this is trending on Twitter. I just want to give you guys a heads up to be careful. Is the photographer who shot the video, nobody was in possession of a whip. No one was being whipped. These were... Mounted agents on split-rein horses. And what did Mayorkas do? He went out to the podium and delivered the clip you just heard. We're not going to tolerate people getting whipped.
1: He should be behind bars.
3: He really should, because with a straight face, knowing nobody was getting whipped, he said it anyway. This guy's a serious ass. Oh, he's just disgusting. They are disgusting human beings. People are dying on both sides of this border. The migrants are dying. You know who else is dying? Americans in record numbers. But here is Karine Jean-Pierre because she was asked about it. Hey, all the advocacy groups are saying this administration's terrible for migrants. And what does she jump in? Yet? Yeah, but Trump, you don't know this is you don't understand. At least we're not doing what Trump. She is so bad at her job. Here she is, saying we're not like Trump tearing babies from their mothers. Now just so everybody understands, okay? Nobody was tearing when they say like, "Oh, they're tearing babies from their mothers." It creates the perception of the media that the mothers weren't getting their kids back. Let me be very clear, okay? We have zero cases, zero, 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 okay, cases of families being separated at the border and not being reunited. We have zero cases of that happening. So when they conjure up this imagery of babies ripped from mothers, oh, my God, the humanity, that policy has been in place since George W. Bush... And it continued under Barack Obama.
2: I don't see you doing any better in the booty department.
3: Why did it continue under Barack Obama? Are you ready? Because they don't know if they're ripping babies from their mothers in those immediate border encounters. What they know is people trying to get into this country illegally— know that their asylum case has a 90% higher chance of getting granted if, in fact, they show up accompanied by a minor. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. So when they start saying, oh, family separation, dude, they get reunited. But here's a little more context for you. Okay, when you break the law, there's family separation. Okay, every single time somebody gets arrested for breaking the law in this country, they don't say, all right, kids, all right, wife, all right, dog and cat, are you guys ready? We're going to go get in the cell now. No, 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 that's not how it works. The people who break the law go to jail and are separated from their families. Okay, in this instance, people that are crossing our border illegally are breaking the law. Now, they're not going to jail, okay? They're going someplace to get a stimulus check and shipped off to a city that doesn't have the resources to support them. But the fact remains they're not getting permanently separated from their families never to see them again. They're getting momentarily separated until authorities can ascertain whether they're with someone they should be with. This way, traffickers and coyotes aren't sexually assaulting young girls. Okay, heaven forbid little boys as well. Okay, but here is Kareem Jean-Pierre when asked, yo, what's up with the border? Well, at least we're not doing what Trump's doing. This is the pivot. Does that sound like somebody concerned about solving the problem at the border? The answer would be no. No, that sounds like somebody concerned with covering her ass. Here it is, clip 23. I do take
5: issue with comparing us to Donald Trump, who, no, 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 I, I know you are the messenger and you are giving me the information. I am responding to what you just said, which is, you're talking about an administration mm. who had a policy, right, that tore babies away from their moms, from their parents, from their families. That was the president's, uh, president, uh, the last administration, that president's. Uh, uh, philosophy or policies and that's what they did. And this is not this president.
3: That's pitiful. I mean, it's absolutely pitiful to perform In my one like opinion that. that's pitiful. I mean, really, though, just disgusting is what that was. We're not doing what don't compare us to Trump. We actually can't compare you to Trump. Why? Because four years of Donald Trump didn't add up to four years. Didn't it add up to one year? of Biden when it comes to the border. When you talk about kids in cages, understand that one year of Biden resulted in more kids in cages. I'm using air quotes. They're not cages. They're holding facilities that were built under Barack Obama, if you're looking for an honest conversation.
1: Don't be thick, all right?
3: But they were. We'll never forget that then when the New York Times posted the photo going, look at these kids in cages under Trump, they got corrected. Why? Because the photo was taken in 2014 under Obama. <laughs> but this is the garbage. This is the narrative people run with. We live in an era where people's emotions are their facts. So if you say to people, oh, Trump's tearing babies from the moms. Trump's putting kids in cages. People are like, oh, this Trump guy's got to go. Let's rescind all his policies. So now what's the end result? Four times as many kids in cages. Four times as many kids being snatched from their moms. The good news is they do get reunited. They're not, like, taken away permanently. It's not like you brought a bottle of water to an airport they make you dump it out. No, it's still yours. You'll still get back together, assuming it's the actual mom. But this is what happens when you elect traditional politicians. They're more concerned with themselves. It's really disgusting. Steve's in Pensacola, Florida. He's singing backup today. Yo, Steve. <laughs> Yimini,
8: I, the last time I talked to you, I was on my way to New Orleans, and yep. it did get ugly. <laughs> but I, I, I expected I survived. Happy New Year to everybody. You too. Um, what I would like to, you know, people don't realize, I sit here in the cradle of aviation here in Pensacola, and uh, excuse the waves crashing as I speak to this beautiful audience, but <laughs> they spent when uh, a service member, you know, marries uh, a foreign national, they have to still spend the forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 it takes to get their wives into the other countries. Mm-hmm. Now, can you imagine how they feel after all the time and effort that they have to spend defending their country? And then when they love somebody, they have to go through this process, the right process that you have to go through. And now we see what's going on across the border. And let me tell you, it directly affects us because – Along the Gulf Coast and I talked to you last year about this mm-hmm. Pensacola I travel between Pensacola Mobile Pensacola, mm-hmm. of course St Augustine down in Palm Beach where I'm originally from and you can see that the boats are landing in Jupiter, Florida. I think you talked about this last week sometime where I where I live there's more boat landings there and so it it, it is affecting this I10 corridor along the Gulf Coast. Is being dramatically affected, and I see it every day on the beach. Even though I work hard, yeah. the deal is, is that you know you go down the beach, you have it's literally all the signs have changed because you have to speak Spanish down here now, wow.
3: and it's just extraordinary that's crazy no they've overwhelmed everything that's the problem and they you know the reason biden is speaking up now is he doesn't have to do anything because now he can be like well the republicans have the house so it's not i'd love to baby but we can't you know but that's the scam they could have done something for the past two years with full control of everything and when they say republicans didn't do anything republicans did plenty they cut illegal border crossings by 80 percent and that number was only going to be driven lower as the message got out that they weren't going to be tolerating people coming into the country illegally you see when it when it comes to the border. It's not even what you say. It's what you do. You know, when Trump said build a wall, that was the first message. But when they actually built the wall and actually stopped people from making it into the country, that message travels fast. The actions travel fast.
8: The There's pro- no doubt. And before will you hang up on mm-hmm. me, the thing about Jupiter, Florida, of course, being the home of Burt Reynolds, nobody appreciates your view for T. Justice. What in the hell is <laughs> i to more than I do. And I can tell you this. <laughs> I was actually privileged when they filmed Smoking a Bandit 2 to drive the Trans Ams. Not one kid could say that at 17 years old. No, that is amazing. They brought amazing. them up to ago, and I was able to drive the damn Trans Ams. Smoking oh, wow.
3: A that's a, that's a win. Like that, yeah. That's a win. You're but
8: the best, Jimmy. I'm yeah, my- still the president of the Lincoln Fail. Yes,
3: family. you are. Just let you know. But we haven't He's counted right. the mail-in votes, so don't settle in that position just yet. Good stuff. Happy New Year, Steve. He's right. This is what it's come to. We've now hit the point where we need Buford T. Justice on the southern border. What
2: the hell is the world coming to? It's the number one show with humans and animals. Ice Beaver. Thank you. I just had it stuffed. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
3: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We have Jim Jordan. Coming up in the next hour, he is not happy with this border situation. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. He's also going to weigh in on all 15 rounds of voting to get Kevin McCarthy confirmed as Speaker of the House. Take us inside today's quest to pass a rules package and get the 118th Congress underway. And then at the back end of the show, the big closure today is former Arizona Attorney General Mark Burnovich. But, of course, we'll make plenty of room for your calls, text, tweets, and carrier pigeons. Going to be some you and me time to start the next hour. Let's get your game face on because we're doing the damn thing right here on the big, bad, one and only Fox Across America.
2: Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
3: Oh, yes, it sure is. We are fired up. We got a big hour coming up. Jim Jordan's going to be here from the 4th Congressional District of Ohio. He is a survivor of 15 rounds of voting in the House of Representatives. Got a little contentious late in the game Friday night.
2: I'll break you in half like a little toothpick.
3: He can tell us uh, how they... I don't know, restored order, got McCarthy over the top, got the ball rolling here in the 118th Congress. They're voting on a rules package this morning. We'll take you inside that vote as well. And we're going to talk about the possibility. There's a report out over the weekend, the New York Post reported that according to confidants within the White House, Joe Biden is going to run again in 2024. The man is insane. He's not responsible for himself. I, I honestly, I don't know that he is. I don't know that He is in any physical capacity (laughs) to do this Uh, right now. Right now. okay. it's really cringy and painful to watch the guys talk. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. I mean, if you watched on Friday, on Friday, what did he say? We'll never forget the events of July the 6th. (laughs) I do believe he meant January the 6th.
7: This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup.
3: He referred to Kamala Harris as President Harris. But again, I think that's by design. I think we always beg on him. I was talking about this on the Sean Hannity show Friday night. We did a live Hannity in front of a live studio audience. And uh, that was one of the stories that Biden earlier in the day had referred to Kamala as President Harris. I think the person who writes in the teleprompter actually puts that in the teleprompter. Because you turn on a Biden speech and you're like, wow, this guy sucks. This guy, this is a mess. And then you hear him say President Harris and you're like, no,
8: God, no, God, please, no,
3: no, no. I really think that was the most brilliant move Jill Biden ever could have made, which was appointing her as his vice president. Because there's no way in hell anyone's going to invoke the 25th Amendment if she's next in line.
0: Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. (laughs) Ha ha.
3: Seriously, there's nobody. Joe Biden is out there. This is a guy in the past year that told us he got oil cancer from his mom's windshield wipers. Do you remember that clip? Well, we were up and driving back in the 60s, and, you know, the oil slicks were so bad when it rained. That's why I and everybody in my neighborhood, I grew up, and we all got cancer from the oil, from the wipers. Have you ever had a checkup? But no, they didn't say anything. People in the media pretend it's fine. But you know who doesn't pretend? Are you ready for it? Are enemies across the globe. They don't watch Biden and go, oh, no, 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 the media says he's fine. Now, they say the elevator is not going to the top floor. The engine is running, but there's nobody behind the wheel. Biden's lost his marbles. That's what they're saying.
1: I admire your honesty.
3: Okay, it's a mess. So I don't know that there's a world where he is attempting to run for president in 2024. Okay, but Kevin McCarthy has made his way to the House Speaker office he so desperately coveted, an office he moved into before the voting even took place. This is the biggest schmuck I've ever met. Really is, okay? I I don't like that on a personal level. You don't jinx it like that. You don't spike the ball at the one, number one. Number two, that really does feed into the perception that this is a guy who wants the gig a lot more than he wants to fight on behalf of the American people. And make no mistake about it, it's going to be a fight. Because here's something nobody told you last week. Okay, who becomes the House Speaker really doesn't matter that much in the next two years because Democrats control the Senate. So Republicans can't really do anything, they can investigate Democrats. But the media is not paying attention to that. Do you think there's a world where the media that literally killed the Hunter Biden laptop story knowing it was true is going to turn around now as revelations come out about the Bidens and go, oh, everybody's got to see this. You're not going to believe it. No, they're not going to say a word. The media is a bunch of losers. They really are because they're not here to do their job, which is to hold people in positions of power accountable. The media mainly has become activists masquerading as journalists. Ninety-nine percent of what functions in the media, ninety-nine percent of what leads academia at our college institutions around the country, okay, is out there throwing all the fiber in their being behind getting Democrats elected. They're not out there trying to hold people in power accountable. They're not out there Using sunlight as the best disinfectant, which was the whole point of having a free press. They're out there suppressing stories that harm Democrats, even if it means harming voters. Think of how many things the media championed when it came to like, oh, you can't say this about COVID. Ivermectin. You should be in jail if you say Ivermectin. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, people are now using Ivermectin to treat COVID. Oh, the vaccinated people get COVID. You should be in jail for saying vaccinated people get COVID. Meanwhile, back at the ranch... We have a story out today that says the triple vaccinated are the most likely people to die of COVID. The triple vaccinated. So everybody out there telling you, I oh, don't you blast the vaccine? Clown stuff. OK, but it's going to be a fight in Congress because Republicans are in the minority. They can pass legislation that can then die in the Senate is what they can do. They have the power of the purse. So, yes, it does matter in the sense that they can get out there and outline a spending plan, and the rule changes that were made are meaningful. Everybody out there that was an establishment shill that was just trying to pistol-whip people into confirming McCarthy were going to deny us the progress that was legitimately made by holding out. Chip Roy is probably the best example of someone who can articulate it well. Here is Chip Roy speaking to that, and I'll follow up on this with Jim Jordan when he gets here. It's clip eight.
8: Well, first of all, uh, you know, let's remember that uh, a little temporary conflict is necessary in this town in order to stop this town from rolling over the American people. I don't think anybody uh, on either side of the aisle could uh, say with a straight face that they think that Washington is doing uh, good work for the American people on a regular basis and isn't broken. Uh, it, we, we have to work to fix this place. And look, some of the tensions you saw on display uh, when we saw some of the, you know, the interactions there between Mike Rogers and Matt Gates. Uh, You know, some of that is we need a little of that. We need a little of this sort of breaking the glass in order to get us to the table, in order to fight for the American people and to change the way this place is
3: dysfunctional.
2: He knows what he's talking about.
3: Okay, understand the framers outlined the very process you witnessed last week. For the first time in a 100 years. And they depicted that as some type of a failure of government. That is a fact-check false. It's not a failure of government. It's actually government in action. It's actually exactly what the framers wanted. The fact that the deliberative body has not put a person in a leadership position through the scrutiny that Kevin McCarthy went through, we haven't done that in 100 years. I feel like that's the embarrassment. I feel like that's the failure. Because it means, you know, for the past 100 years, if you raise the most money, you got the gig. Well, Kevin McCarthy raised the most money and still got the gig. But at the very least, at least they held his feet to the fire and forced some necessary rule changes. Here is Byron Donald speaking to that. It's clip seven.
2: But, I mean, you're talking about actually strict observance of the 72-hour rule. The American people just saw what happened two weeks ago when the Democrats shoved through $1.7 trillion in an omnibus spending bill. Nobody had a chance to read it. We have firm commitments that any bill is going to be laid on the table for 72 hours. So not just the members of Congress, but the American people actually get to read it. The other is ending all of these crazy COVID mandates and the funding associated with them. We have rules on single subjects so that there's actually any bill, it has to go by that subject matter and anything in the bill has to be germane to that topic. We don't want to see situations where a coin bill comes up and then all this language is shoved through that has nothing to do with the bill title think about that most uh, let, let's be very clear
3: when he says things get shoved in that have nothing to do with the bill title the democrats actually passed a bill that had nothing to do with the bill title the inflation reduction act according to the congressional budget office would raise inflation what a fraud and the minute they got it through they didn't talk about inflation what did they talk about They said, oh, this is the biggest climate change bill we've ever seen. You're all a bunch of grifters. They really are. Oh, it's the climate change. The world's going to be better. No, it's not. It's not going to fix the climate. It's going to outsource production to countryers who produce energy in a filthier manner than we do. And it's going to require more energy just to get that original energy back into the country. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Okay, what's been going on in Washington? is the complete selling out of the American interest. Every one of these bills, 4,100 pages long, gets given to you a few hours before the bill. You don't have a chance to look at what's in it. And then you got to vote because it's getaway day. We're going home. The government's going to shut down. You're going to miss your planes. Quick, everybody vote. And what do they do? They vote, but they don't read the bill. For any of the pork that's in the bill, for any of the unnecessary expenditures that are in the bill. And that's why we are $33 trillion in debt.
0: We have people in Washington that don't know what they're doing.
3: And every one of these shills, okay, let me be clear. Matt Gates did a lot of cartoon stuff. It's a bit of a carnival barker. Every one of these people holding out was holding out for different reasons. Okay, Gates ultimately came to admit he was never McCarthy. He was just never going to vote for McCarthy. It didn't matter what he conceded. Okay, ultimately, he did say after the vote was confirmed, yes, we're a united front now, and we're going to do everything we can to work together. Okay, he doesn't even expect any type of drama when it comes to the rules package. Here's Gates saying that as well. Clip five.
8: I think this is an exquisite rules package. And you know, members of Congress, even speakers, we pass through these positions and move on to other things, but oftentimes when you make the rules better, you can actually improve the health of the institution long term. Some of these rules will allow us to zero in on specific elements of federal spending and force votes on whether or not that is an appropriate use of tax dollars. Also baked into these rules we're going to vote on, a church-style commission to evaluate the weaponization of this government Against our people. That's the FBI, the DOJ, but even other entities that we see abusing their power to the detriment of the liberty of our citizens. This is going to give us more staff, more resources, and we're going to get government back on the side of the American people.
3: That's a good thing. Okay. What they held out for was ultimately productive. We'll talk about it with Jim Jordan when he gets on the air here in a little while. But the people, and this is one of the biggest challenges we have. You've got Republicans like Dan Crenshaw. He's apologized, but he stupidly, dopey comment, said what? Oh, all these people holding out, they're like domestic terrorists.
4: Why do you do things like that? You're like a crazy
3: person. It's weapons-grade stupid. They're not terrorists for holding out for an actual change in the process that's got us $33 trillion into debt. And you don't need to slander Republicans. Again... It makes no difference whether you get a speaker on Friday or you get a speaker on Monday. You know what the only difference is for real? The only difference is when you get to have your swearing-in ceremony and then go to the strip club afterwards for a party.
5: Hubba, hubba.
3: Okay, I'm not saying they all went, but believe me, it's a lot of people in Washington that go out and, you know, <laughs> as, as they as they like to say, you know, when it comes to Washington, D.C. and— The nightlife of the people that are out there, you know, these folks, they like to live a little bit. They do like to live it up. And the bottom line is whether you have a speaker on Friday or you have a speaker on Monday, it doesn't really make a hell of a whole lot of a difference in terms of the functionality of Congress. Nor does it make a huge difference whether it's Friday or Monday because the Democrats still control the Senate. So, yes, it slows down staffing it slows down parties at those adult establishments they all like to frequent, you know. I love it when you talk dirty. But the point is, in terms of a functioning Congress, it's, it doesn't make a difference. But they were calling them terrorists. The Democrats were flat out saying they were compromising national security. Here's Catherine Clark from Massachusetts. She goes on CNN and she flat out says, no, nah, the House Florida endangered national security. People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastard. Well, here she was selling it, clip 11.
2: We have shown, Jake, that Democrats stand ready at all times to work for the American people. And it is exactly the American people and the solutions they need to meet the challenges that were completely left out of the Speaker's chaos We saw this week, it not only endangered our country's national security, but it also showed that the keys have been handed over to extremists. I mean, come on, don't bullshit me.
3: You know what those extremists wanted? They wanted a 72-hour window to read a bill before they pass it. You know what those extremists wanted? They wanted single-issue bills meaning the bill is going to have to be focused solely on what you say it is. You can't, because of these extremists, pass an Inflation Reduction Act that's secretly a climate change bill. Does that sound extreme? And Of course it doesn't. But this is the kind of garbage that gets said. Why? Because Catherine Clark and Dan Crenshaw are one and the same. They're part of the Uniparty, the go-along-to-get-along that wants to reward fundraisers, that wants a status quo in Washington at a time we are $33 trillion in debt. Folks, anybody who thinks we're supposed to just keep on going down that same old road is part of the problem. And these guys who held out, you might not have liked everybody's individual agenda like Gates Absolutely seem to like, you know, playing the role of clown, you know, nominating Trump, knowing he wasn't going to get any votes, holding out even after he admitted he was, had nothing else to hold out for. But the principled guys like the Chip Roy's are the reason we now have fundamental changes to the way Congress works. And that is not a negative. That is not making us weaker in the eyes of terrorists. That is government working exactly the way it was supposed to work the whole damn time.
2: You're absolutely right. The show that solves problems the old-fashioned way. You and me are going to fight when that bell rings at 3 o'clock. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
3: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Jim Jordan coming up from the 4th Congressional District of Ohio. His opening act is in Logan, Utah. Matthew is on the line. Yo, Matthew. Hey, how's it going, Jimmy? It's going, man. It's going. I could use some Utah energy. You know, my cousin, he works at the University of Utah. He was out at the Rose Bowl uh, watching them get get roughed up. I don't mean to bring up a bad memory, but I'm married into an Ohio State family if it makes you feel any better. So I'm not doing any better than you on this one. Um, But both schools needed some defense, which is of top of mind because we're not playing any defense at the border, dude.
0: No, we're not. But if you go to uh, Costco or Sam's, man, they ought to be in charge of it. You can't get in one of them without a card. You can't get out of anything without a card. It's It's harder to buy a box of cereal than it is to get into the country. Dude, I'm not even kidding. I own a vending machine business. And, like, every time I got to show my receipts, like guys, Yes, I'm gonna walk out of here with two carts full of food. Yeah, I'm I'm stealing. Okay, okay. <laughs> That's ex- But no, like seriously. What's funny, I was thinking about you're talking to the other guy about border security mm-hmm. and how they're separating all these parents and the kids, and you know what they're doing is they're they're dissecting the set of rules that are already set up at the appropriate stations for people to come in to the border. Mm-hmm. You know, if you go through the appropriate areas, the appropriate gates from country to country, you show your papers, you say, here's my passport, here's my information, we're all a family, I'm not smuggling children, Um, and your background check's done, and that's all taken care of, and you walk right on through, nobody's pulled away, hardly anyone's even unbuckled from their seat, you know? It's crazy. But if we're going to sit here and we're going to have all these little makeup um, gates to come in the country... Yeah, we're going to have to dissect the the program all the way down to bare bones because it's chaos.
3: Yeah, it's it's bad right now and they don't like they don't actually care, like understand. Biden is only talking about it now because he has Repub- he can blame Republicans. He can say, "Well, we know it's bad. I want to fix it, but they won't let me." Yep. And most low information voters don't know that he repealed all the policies that were keeping the border safe. So, dirtbag stuff is what it is, Matt, but uh You know, we'll carry on because it's what we do. But make sure you tell all those Utah fans when they get done drinking off the USC loss, they probably need to vote Republican next time around. Okay, champ? Good work. Jim Jordan after this. Well, I will tell you what. There's a guy who married into a family from Wapakoneta, Ohio. Folks know that about me. I have a gorgeous wife who grew up on a dairy farm. She had no idea how much better she could do until she moved to New York, walked down the aisle. It was too late for her then. But out in Ohio, they're riding high because the Cincinnati Bengals could be five weeks from the Super Bowl. And five weeks is significant because it took about that long to confirm a House speaker. Uh, Joining us now, a guy who knows a lot about both, uh, Representative Jim Jordan is back in the House. Hey, man. Jimmy, I knew it'd
1: be some kind of start like that. I knew it. Yeah, I. I uh, good to doesn't. be with you, brother. Happy New Year. I don't know if we've been—I don't know if we've been on since the New Year, but Happy New Year. You uh, as well. With Joe Bengals. you're right. Yeah. No, they look. Listen, they won the
3: North. Uh, They're positioned pretty well, and uh, listen, I—I I, I, I like that franchise a lot, in all honesty. And yeah. I like there's very good odds of them playing the Forty ers In fact, maybe they could win their first Super Bowl against the team that's denied them two times. You uh, know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I still remember that. Tim Crumry breaking his leg. Crumry was a wrestling yeah. guy and football guy from Wisconsin and uh a little mm-hmm. older than me, but you know, I went to the Badger Land too. So uh mm-hmm. but watched his leg like dangle that in that game. Yeah. And then he stayed in the locker room I think. I think we talked about this. He stayed in the locker room I think until the game was you know, till it was over. Unfortunately the Bengals lost that one to Joe Montana and yeah, the crew. Was, but was um but yeah, let's hope the Bengals go back and do it this uh, this yeah. year. But maybe more importantly, since we're on football, uh-huh. uh, Ru- uh, Russell, uh, <laughs> our, our our media guy who you know well, mm-hmm. is uh, he spent a, uh, a day and a half in Vegas, which is <laughs> oh, dangerous, dangerous. I told him not to bet on anything. <laughs> oh, day yeah. and a half in Vegas. Then he's now at the national championship game, oh. cheering mm-hmm. on his Bulldogs, and, mm-hmm. and I, I think that's a that's a dangerous. Dangerous weekend for Russell. Uh, yeah, you're not supposed Bulls.
3: to and you're not supposed to as you know this. You're not supposed to bet with your heart. That's the thing. Like if your team is playing, <laughs> you're supposed to shut up. There's plenty of guys who bet with their heart that are living under a bridge right now here in New York. A lot of a lot of Jets fans through the years, a lot of Knicks fans <laughs> through the years. They're all uh, hanging out.
1: That's why you shouldn't bet period. Yep. Uh, it's, <laughs> always yeah, gotta, it's always dangerous. Yeah, that's always dangerous.
3: Got to play some defense. Well, here's the good news, yep. man. You have this contentious speaker confirmation last week. Mm-hmm. I was making this mm-hmm. point last week. Nobody cares. Now that it's over and everybody can get to work, yeah. no one's going to care how long it took. They're going to care what you did with the majority. So that's the yep. good news for the party. Uh, and I think the good news for America is some of the changes that were made, whether we're talking about single-subject bills or the 72-hour yeah. rule, you would probably argue that was for the better, No.
1: No, of course it was I mean that's and, and remember the rules changes uh the the motivation, and I support this wholeheartedly. the motivation is to try to prevent what we saw happen what is it now sixteen days ago when they passed that one point seven trillion dollar monstrosity of a bill that no one had time to read no one it just the crazy stuff in there, so you you, you try to give you, yourself as many. Um, structural mechanisms as possible mm-hmm. to stop that because we know that was bad for the country and the taxpayers and and, and and the folks I get to represent in the Fourth District of Ohio. So
3: there you go. No, I think it is a good thing. We're talking to Representative Jim Jordan from Ohio. Let me ask you this: uh, This is a just a you and me thing. Now that they have seventy-two hours to read a bill, what percentage of Congress do you think will actually use any of that time?
1: Well, for the, I, I think they well, I think they will for the for the you know for those big important pieces of legislation. Of course, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of other times you're you're so busy with other things that there are bills that come out of some committees that you're not on that you yep. you're going to look at the synopsis of that and and, and, and evaluate it that way without mm-hmm. getting into every single bill. But mm-hmm. but yeah, I think on the big things it will and it'll help. But but the most important thing is the country mm-hmm. gets a more time to examine what's going on here. What exactly is that? I mean, the country didn't really get to see all this stupid. We had a, one of my colleagues who put out a good uh, Twitter thread, which talked about some of the stupid things in that that bill 16 days ago. The mm. you know money for plankton studies and <laughs> salmon studies and and all kinds of ridiculous and, and more woke stuff that are. In our military, it's just crazy stuff that that the, the country says, What? You're spending my money on that at a time when we got 8.5% inflation? Yep. And, and, and gas, I mean, that, that, that's why it's, it's important.
3: Yeah, no, I would agree with that. I mean, and I think people would appreciate a little more transparency because sure. one of the issues we've run into, you know, even when you talk about like a single subject bill, okay. The Democrats have passed entire bills that didn't have anything to do with the title of the bill, not even tack-ons. Like, the Inflation Reduction Act was a climate change bill. They literally wasn't even the bill. Like, imagine you go to a bar because tonight's ladies' night, and you walk in, and it's just Mr. T. You know what I mean?
1: It's not exactly it's kind of false advertising. Yeah. Yeah, the Inflation Reduction Act was a, uh, all about climate change and it was the bill that increased inflation. So, yeah. It's, I mean, come on. It's, it's uh, amazing. But yeah, that's uh that, that again, think about what's happened in these past 2 years. I said this on the floor last week. Mm-hmm. In in literally 2 years time, a border that's not a border, a military that can't meet its recruitment goals, bad energy policy, bad education policy record spending, record inflation, record debt, and a government that's been weaponized against the very people it's supposed to serve, we the people. It's that, nuts. that is what we have now. So we better get our act together as Republicans, and we're going to. we got a speaker now. We're going to pass the rules package today and get focused on addressing those concerns. That's what we were elected to do. I think that's why the American people gave us the majority. Let's get about doing that.
3: Well, I, yeah, and I think people would get behind that. Um, did you find it funny that Biden uh, went down to a pretend border yesterday? They had all the migrants swept off the streets of El Paso, and then he yeah. posted a photo next to a wall of all things. Wasn't he kind yeah. of making the point of President Trump?
1: <laughs> Yeah, we're getting ready to tweet that exactly. But what really bothered me about you know, there's the, the fact that he hasn't been down there and all the bad policies and getting rid of the remain in Mexico, not not continuing to build the wall that he was walking beside yesterday. But what really bothers me is he said R- Republicans won't won't work with us to fix the problem, and I'm like, dude, you you had complete control of government for the last two years. If if you had some solution to this, you would have done it. But no, you you intentionally, deliberately, premeditated way said about letting five million people come into our country, illegal migrants. So, yeah. th- th- and now for him to say that is just like crazy. Like how can how can he? Will I you, guess they say it because they're Democrats.
3: Yeah, no. Well, you know, you know how he can say it. The truth is, and maybe you can answer this question: Do you think he would have spoke to the border crisis if the Democrats still controlled the House? Because I think the only reason he's addressing it, not. yeah, because now he can not. say Republicans are the problem. Of
1: course, yes. Of course not. Yeah, that, that's, that's exactly what this is about, and it's it's sad because it's supposed to be about the country, the people, the, the 330-some million great people who make up this great country. That's what it's supposed to be about, and yet it's it's yep. just political left-wing garbage from, from from the left.
3: Yeah, it's not good. We're talking to Jim Jordan from the 4th Congressional District of Ohio. He was kind enough to join us and take time out from the intervention he should be staging for his press guy. Um <laughs> Russell sends me so many gambling tips and stories that I told him today. I go, Russell, you know we're going to be reading these texts back to you at an intervention someday. Like, uh oh, I was I was in between dinner and, and stopping by to meet my friend for a drink, and I bet an exact on a horse race, and I won it. I'm like, that's not what you're supposed to do between dinner and a meeting, and a, you know, you're actually supposed to like walk and, and do something. I don't know, but he's a mess, is what I'm trying to tell yeah. you.
1: Uh, but he is. I tell you what, he's he's, he's He gets uh, he's one of these guys when his team's playing, he gets like nervous and he's like he's all like has to put his head head in his hands when there's a big field goal attempt coming or whatever. So we'll we'll see how the game goes tonight.
3: Yeah, well, that's that's how my producer is around women. We're trying to find a (laughs) girlfriend for Mikey. And, uh, you know, what happened is we we got rid of his (laughs) ex-girlfriend because we were so tired of blowing her up every day. I don't have the lungs for this. (laughs) So uh, we're going to find a new one for Mikey in 2023. That's the goal. But let me throw one more thing at you, because when Biden said, you know, obviously the Republican thing, the policies that existed. This is what I wanted you to speak to specifically remain in Mexico, specifically the wall. And you could even argue Title 42. If those things are left alone, we probably don't have the numbers that we have right now. Biden in this year has yeah more numbers than Trump did in four years.
1: No, of course, and, 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 and like I said, it's deliberate because when you specifically – said, well, day one, he, he said we're going to get rid of Remain in Mexico. It's it basically like if you're a migrant who wants to come to this country, and again, who would fault anyone who wanted to come to the greatest country ever where they can chase down their goal? We get that, so, but if, when, you, when the President of the United States says from day one there will not be a wall for you to get over, there, you will not have to remain in Mexico while we evaluate your asylum claim, and you'll get to come into the country, and you'll get sent to wherever you want to go. Well, who's not going to come? That's that's the message he sent. So th- th- this is why it's so so bad, so wrong, and the numbers now are just literally off the charts, as you indicate, as much, many in 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 one year as President had, President Trump had uh, in his entire term.
3: Yeah, that's it's insane, man. And it is. It's a dereliction of duty by them. And what happens that like really does frustrate me is people don't realize it's not like a Texas problem. It's not an Arizona problem. It's an every yeah. country problem, you know, and nobody cares. You know, that's the thing that drives yeah. me nuts. But if the fact that some Democrats have been forced to speak out because it's become a liability in their cities, you know, my hope is that this will take more national prominence, not just on the right, but maybe everywhere else. But it remains let's to be seen because you guys got a lot of hope. you guys got a lot to do. You got to pass a rules package. You got to stop people from throwing punches at Matt Gates. It's a busy <laughs> time in Congress. How close <laughs> was that guy to attacking Gates? I didn't see it. Yeah, I, I no, just heard about it.
1: I I don't think it was going to happen, but, uh, you know, look, sometimes people get heated in the middle of the debate, and now it's time to go to to work for the country. Thank you, but but, let me just say this,
3: okay? I don't think anybody should be apologizing for a contentious process because I think it was drawn up that way. I think when people say, like, oh, this hasn't happened in 100 years, I actually think the failure was in the last 100 years, you know, because if people are going to go to leadership positions, why not scrutinize the
1: process? Yeah. Yeah, no, no, it, it, exactly right, Jimmy. This is what the founders wanted. Better to have debate in the open for the country, the taxpayers, the citizens to see, than all these deals that get cut behind closed doors, come out, everything. Let's have the debate. For 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 once, there was all the members of the Congress on the floor actually listening to to debate. Actually, listen to people give a speech. We hardly ever have that. There's always a handful of people there during the debate, and then everyone comes on the floor and votes. So th- this is exactly how Jefferson and Adams and these guys wanted it to work. It's called checks and balances, transparency, so the people, we the people, have our liberties protected.
3: Could you imagine? Last question, and I'll let you go. Should I take the Bengals over the Ravens?
1: <laughs> See, playing them two weeks in a row is tough. That I, yeah. I, I, I was talking to Talking to one of the police officers, they walking in the airport, and I, I, I told him, I said, you know, they got to play the Ravens twice now. So, um, but I'm still picking the Bengals. I'm still
3: picking that them. you are, but that's your intel. That's not Russell's intel, where he, you know, because <laughs> he'll text me like, oh, the Bengals are five and zero against the spread when there's red garbage cans in the mezzanine. <laughs> It's not even real rational stuff. Two and zero in the playoffs when a blimp flies over, they're one and one if it's an Air Force jet. I don't know what the. Do you know who's flying over yet? I'm like, oh my god. If the if the person singing the national anthem is left-handed, the Bengals are five and one at home. I'm like, come on, man, just get help already. Oh, you're the best. Just yeah. I, now that we have power of the purse, all I ask is that you keep Russell away from that power, and we're fine, okay? Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right, Jimmy. Good Thanks, work, man. man. Uh, hey, happy New Year again. My best year family. And I'm, I'm looking forward to this summer in St. Mary's, Ohio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, with, with you and your family, brother.
3: Oh, it's coming. I, I you know what? I got to email back. Our man, Doug Spencer, he gave me two dates. Yeah. And, his, you know, he came out to see me in Fort Wayne, Indiana, at the comedy club out there. Yeah.
5: And yeah, uh, he yeah. shook
3: me down backstage. He put the bite <laughs> on me. That's and to I, do I'm, I'm, do I'm pretty sure he's the reason my Bronco got a flat on the way home. I think Spencer might have slashed my tires. So
1: <laughs> I didn't know I was. We need to get the, so we yeah. need to talk to Doug and get the date. So let me make sure it's on our calendar because we yep. can't miss that. No, no, it's when a thing. He's coming to town. It's, it's and we're going to be there for that, you, that show.
3: you damn right you are. All right, I'll find Spencer. <laughs> we'll be in touch. Good work. All right. See you, hey, man. man. Take care. There he goes. The great Jim Jordan. Uh, one of Jenny Fela's favorite human beings alive is a guy named Doug Spencer, who is out in St. Mary's, Ohio. Uh, may or may have not have spent some time in the classroom teaching a young Jenny Fela. Uh, and he is renovating a theater, the St. Mary's Theater, uh, out there and wants to put me on the map uh, as, you know, one of the acts that's going to help reopen the theater. What an idiot. No, it's going to be great. Would you stop it? And because Jenny has a lot of family out there, and certainly that's Jim Jordan's congressional district, we were thinking about doing this big media event where I come out there this summer and do it. Well, we don't have that date finalized yet, uh, but we are so close to being able to announce it on the air and to getting Doug Spencer off my back because, as you guys famously know, my Bronco got a flat When I pulled out of the comedy club in Fort Wayne on my birthday and uh, I have since reacted to that news by shipping the Bronco home and we put a lift kit on it. We got bigger tires. It's just madness now. I'm on a slippery slope because once you like change the once you change the tires or the suspension, the next thing you know, I'm the guy with the wrap on the car and the no fear sticker. I don't want to become that guy. There's a fine line. So I'm trying to hold it together. Uh, So hopefully it's not like a leopard print Bronco by the time I get out to see Doug Spencer this summer. But that date is coming, and so is a conversation with Arizona Attorney General Mark Burnovich. So don't go anywhere. We're back after this.
2: Call in now. We're excited to hear from you. Who the is this? This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
3: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You talk about a stampede of stupidity. We were just talking to Jim Jordan about the contentious confirmation process of one Kevin McCarthy. Now, if you remember, Donald Trump endorsed Kevin McCarthy and said, everybody get in line and support Kevin McCarthy. That was after three rounds of voting. He endorsed him heading into the process. At the end of three failures, he said, everybody get in line behind McCarthy. But lo and behold, it took 12 more rounds of voting before Trump's guy got confirmed. That
6: can't be good.
3: But I bring this up not to say, oh, Trump's weaker now, because he's not. The first thing he did when he got sworn in was thank President Trump. Here is Kevin McCarthy doing as much. It's clip one.
7: But I do want to especially thank uh, President Trump. I don't think anybody should doubt his influence. He was with me from the beginning. Somebody wrote the doubt of whether he was there, and he was all in. He would call me and he would call others. And uh, he really was, I was just talking to him tonight, um, helping get those final votes.
3: Fine. So McCarthy says Trump was helping get the final votes. That may be true. That may be great. OK, but understand the most devout Trump acolytes. We're talking about the Matt Gaetzes of the world. We're talking about the Lauren Boberts of the world. What did they both have in common? They wouldn't follow Trump's lead. Tell him like it is. I only bring this up because some idiot over on MSNBC was just in front of a microphone with a straight face two minutes ago saying the whole McCarthy nomination process was just an extension of Trump's January 6th coup attempt. Listen to this clip. It's embarrassing.
8: I've not been shy about saying that McCarthy's protracted fight over the Speaker's gavel with
2: members of his own party was a continuation of that insurrection. Am I wrong? Am I going too far? No, you're not going too far. Uh, It absolutely is uh, proof of hell he
3: has failed I mean, come on,
0: what would you do with the brain if you had one
3: okay, this was an in this was an extension of an insurrection on you
6: sell crazy someplace else we're all stocked up here
3: folks first of all the the devout Trump acolytes didn't, didn't follow his lead, number one. Number two, calling this an extension of a coup, this is the exact process the founding fathers outlined in an effort to protect power. Oh! Not to take it away, not to overthrow an election, not to deny the people their say, but to guarantee that the people were heard. Do you understand? We are living in this era of just say anything. It's the straight up death of shame. Just get on TV. Say, oh, the coup. Oh, it's white supremacy. Oh, Brazil. It's bad. You don't understand. And they just say it for the sake of saying it because we live in an era where people's emotions are their facts. Tell people something that gets them emotional, they accept it as fact. We had Cori Bush last week telling us Byron Donalds was a white supremacist. Biden, Byron Donalds is a black man. I got to be honest, there's a typo in the white supremacist handbook if Byron Donalds was allowed to join the club, but they just keep on doing it. New Year, same old crap.
2: Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
3: Oh, you bet it is. We got a wild one coming up in this hour. Former Arizona Attorney General Mark Burnovich. is going to chit-chat about the situation down at our southern border. I'm also going to make him worry, uh, worry, I'm also going to make him weigh in. About this 60 Minutes interview I had to sit down uh, and watch last night involving Prince Harry, who is just a straight clown. Uh, And we're, of course, going to get you up to speed on the new rules package being passed in Congress. We might even talk a little bit about the NFL playoffs, because if it's going on in this country, we're going to talk about it on the show. Fox Across America, very much the country's family meeting over the radio. I am the deadbeat mess of a dad at the head of the table. Uh, but we cover it. If it's going on, it's going on. It's going to happen. So 888-788-9910. If you want to be a part of the shindig, you know the rules. We say it every day. You could be a Republican. You could be a Democrat. Just don't be a— that is all. I got a busy TV day. I was on America's Newsroom this morning. If you missed it, it's on the Fox Course America Facebook page. I will be joining Dagan McDowell on Fox Business tonight in the 5 p.m. hour, and she can't wait to have me on. That
5: is balderdash and hogwash and mm hmm.
3: Whatever. I will be there. Me and Dagan are going to have a good time. And tonight at 9 o'clock, I will be on The Sean Hannity Show right here on the Fox News Channel with our Sean Hannity. If you missed last week's appearance, Friday night we did a live panel. It was myself, Leo Terrell, and the great Carly Shimkus. And uh, we posted that hit on the Fox Cross America Facebook page as well, so you can check that out. And if you want to see live stand-up comedy... Man, oh boy, oh man, do you have some options. Uh, The month of February, we get back on the road, and it's going to be a banger. Saturday night, February the 4th, I'm at the Carson Nugget out in Carson, Nevada. Then Friday night, February the 17th, Saturday night the 18th, I will be at Fat Cat's Comedy Club up in Utica, New York. Then Saturday, March the 3rd, I am heading out to Seattle, the Federal Way Performing Arts and Events Center out in Seattle. That's Friday night, March the 3rd. March the 4th, I will be a little bit south in Sacramento, California at the Crest Theater. And then, of course, April the 7th, I am at the Tower Theater in Bend, Oregon. And uh, April the 8th, the Egyptian Theater at Boise, Idaho. And then we come back to the East Coast, April 21st and 22nd. You can see me at Bananas Comedy Club in Bergen, New Jersey. But last night, the comedy show was on 60 Minutes. Prince Harry sat down to talk about, you know, woe is me, it's such a hard time to be an ex-current sort of member of the royal family. You are the lowest form of life on earth. He really is. There's nothing that drives me crazier than spectacularly rich people selling victimhood to the rest of us. But that's exactly what they're doing. Do you understand Prince Harry is made a $100 million in the past year alone just by dumping on his family. That's what, oh, it's so hard. You don't understand. Being a prince? How my wife be a princess? Flying around in private jets all the time. I said this on Hannity Friday night. Okay, Prince Harry likes to get out there and slander his brother. He's like, ah, oh, William lost his hair. Yo, Harry. You lost your balls. What the hell did you just say? He straight up lost his balls. Like if Meghan Markle wanted me to listen to her podcast, she would do a true crime podcast about who stole Harry's nuts. I think he's got a point. Okay, because here he is demonstrating for one and all to see that he doesn't have them anymore. Again, Prince Harry, who has insisted and fought to hold on to his titles. As the Duke of Sussex. Why? Because having a royal title means you get paid. So is a real have it both ways shamelessness going on where he's like, oh, royal life is hard. It's so bad. Somebody needs to tell the truth. And they're like, so are you going to get rid of your titles? I mean, doesn't that—and he's like— The answer would be no. Listen to all of this. Okay, let's start there.
4: Clip 29.
2: Why not renounce your titles as Duke and Duchess?
4: And what difference would that make?
2: Why— be so public? Why reveal conversations you've had with your father or with your brother?
4: Every single time I've tried to do it privately, there have been briefings and leakings and planting of stories against me and my wife. You know, the family motto is never complain, never explain. But it's just a motto.
3: Yo, I want you to think about this for a second, okay? Seriously. This guy's a serious ass. Stick with me. The question was, why not renounce your titles as Duke and Duchess? What was his response? He answered the question, With a question. Because why not renounce your titles? He says, What difference would that make? Don't change the subject, just answer the fing question. Because that was the fraud of the whole thing. If this is all so evil, if it's all so corrupt, why are you trying to hold on to your title? Why? Because the title, are you ready for it? The title is worth money. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. That's what's going on here. He won't renounce the titles because he wants to make that cash. He didn't give you that answer, but I'm giving you that answer. Anderson Cooper didn't follow up on that answer, because this is what happens with royals, just so you guys understand. Okay, there was a time when the royals were so revered, and to, to some extent a lot of them still are. Prince Charles is going to become king. Prince William, Kate Middleton, okay, are so revered that people are traditionally reluctant to ask them the tough question, to hold their feet to the fire for fear of not getting any more access to the royals. The royals rate really well. The monarchy is incredibly famous. The crown is one of the highest things to ever happen on Netflix. Harry and Meghan know this. They also know being as fame is their goal, being as victimhood is their grift, they know there's more fame to be had in pretending to want out of this life than there is to just ride along as someone who will never be king and queen. Do you understand? The only way Harry and Meghan can put on the crown is if they have a birthday party at Burger King. They are like 12th string royals. They don't like taking a backseat to Will and Kate. They don't like the idea of taking a backseat to Prince Charles. So what they do instead is tell you the monarchy is the most evil thing known to man while clinging on to their titles for dear Life. Understand the fraud of this. You've heard it from a million different places. They keep telling you they fled Europe. They fled, fled the U.K. because the media was so aggressive and they just wanted their privacy and they just wanted to be regular people. Well, lo and behold, they are so desperate to get their privacy. They have started a podcast. They have started a Netflix documentary. And now they're both selling books.
2: Come on. Don't oh. bull- me.
3: That's exactly what they're doing. That's exactly what they're doing. Okay, they're trying to get people in a country where 65% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. That is a fact. 65% of Americans in the year 2023 are living paycheck to paycheck. Biden sucks. Really does. Okay, but Prince Harry and Meghan Markle want you to feel bad for them.
6: Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked
3: up here. No, this is them. Let me give you some of this. This is in crazy. Okay, here's more Prince Harry talking about, oh, you don't understand. Uh, We didn't want our father to marry Camilla Parker Bull. She's dangerous. Listen to this. Okay, this is clip
2: 28. You wrote, I even wanted Camilla to be happy. Maybe she'd be less dangerous if she was happy. Mm -hmm. How was she dangerous?
4: Because of the need for her to rehabilitate her image.
0: That made her dangerous?
4: That made her dangerous because of the connections that she was forging within the British press and with her on the way to being Queen Consort, there was going to be people or bodies left in the street because of that. Can you
3: imagine being that stupid? Bodies left in the street? This is the biggest schmuck I've ever met. Listen, okay, since we're talking about bodies left in the street, murderers, murderers, they're dangerous. Okay. Rapists, dangerous. Muggers, dangerous. Okay. Someone who wants to talk to the press, I got to be honest, dude, she's not dangerous. Okay, oh, because she's going to talk, oh, you don't understand, it's bad. This is what happens when you are born into spectacular prosperity. And I want to be clear, I understand that Prince Harry's mom, okay, who was actually a victim of the media obsession with her life and her private life specifically, Okay, found herself in an impossible situation that sadly and tragically led to her demise. But whereas Princess Diana was doing everything she could to avoid the media and to protect her privacy, Harry and Meghan have joined the media and are telling you with a straight face they can't deal with all this scrutiny.
2: Don't you have any respect for
3: yourself? No, the answer is no. They don't have any respect. Oh, we just want to be left alone by the media. So could you please listen to the podcast, watch the documentary, buy the books, check out our interview on 60 Minutes, and when that's over, we'll be over at Oprah's house talking about how hard it is for us to make $100 million in the past year. That's what they're doing. So let me give you a little more of this because I just, listen, I know this is ridiculous. I know it's not really worthy of our attention, but it really speaks to the whole mentality that's holding so many people back. And that's the choice between victorhood or victimhood. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle are not victims in any sense of the word. But we live at a time where we celebrate people for saying they have it hard. Oh, that's brave of you to reveal your trauma. Oh, you didn't always feel welcome by the family. You know why Meghan Markle didn't feel welcome by the family? Because she's a grifter. And when you are born into the spectacular prosperity that the royals are, you can tell what it's like to have a grifter in your ranks, okay? You know what that energy is like. You know when someone is trying to trade off of your own relevance. You know when someone's trying to climb off of your own prosperity. People who are that wealthy and well-off have a very good sense, okay, When there's somebody in the circle that doesn't have the circle's best interest in mind. I admire your honesty. That's why they told Prince Harry not to marry her. They're like, oh, she's like a C-list actress who's constantly on the grift and really seems like she's trying to get over on being associated with the royal family. And Harry was like, how dare you talk to my wife like that? I'm not going to take I'm moving out of the family. I don't need this. Oh, you're moving out of the family? Can we have the titles back then? No, of course not. We can't have the titles back. We need the fun titles back. I mean, that's who he is. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. I mean, I am. But here he is talking about, oh, you don't understand. Nothing I've written was meant with the intention of hurting my family. Prince Harry last year sat down with Meghan Markle, and what did they say? The royal family is a bunch of racists. Now he's trying to walk it back. Oh, oh, they weren't racist. So why did we need to speak out? We were initially told, well, they're racist. This is wrong. People are dying. This is a heroic deed by me. But then when his feet were put to the fire, he knows none of that's true. Why are they speaking out? Because they want to get paid.
4: Correct the mundo.
3: But here he is. He wasn't trying to hurt the family. This is clip 30.
4: None of anything that I've written, anything I've included, is ever intended to hurt my family. But it does give a full picture of the situation as we were growing up. And also squashes this idea that somehow my wife was the one that destroyed the relationship between these two brothers. I mean, come on.
3: He's just such a jackass. He really is. Because you got to think about this. Okay, what he's now trying to say is, oh, it wasn't my wife that destroyed the relationship. It was, you know... Once my wife came along and my brother reacted to the way we shut up, will you shut up? I don't need to assign blame to Meghan Markle for destroying their family or the relationship because I can't really speak to whether or not that happened. But what I can speak to is the public facing behavior of Harry and Meghan who have taken every opportunity they can to run in front of a flashbulb, to run in front of a microphone and say, you don't understand how hard it is to be a royal. Why won't everybody just leave us alone? Okay, here's a newsflash, dude. We'd love to leave you alone, but neither one of you will shut the up. Meghan Markle and Prince Harry are stressed out from their busy lives of flying around in private jets, eating five-star meals, and getting six-handed massages. It's a very real thing to be going through behind the scenes. You can help take the edge off by donating to the Royal Relief Fund. I never thought that this would be easy, but I thought it would be fair. The Royal Relief Fund is your chance to help whiny, entitled do-nothings survive their woe-is-me charade of a life.
5: It's not enough to just survive something. Like, that's not the point of life.
3: For just $283,000 a day, you can give a British royal things they desperately need to survive, like 30 assistants, Five personal chefs and a string quartet to serenade them while they poop.
2: Because not many people have asked if I'm okay.
3: The Royal Relief Fund, connecting gullible fools like you with self-important clowns like them for over five
2: years. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
3: Fox Cross America with Jimmy Fallon. I just read a bunch of tour dates about where I'm heading to do live events. We got somebody on the line trying to recruit me to head down to El Paso. I don't know how this is going to work out, but Gail is in Las Cruces, New Mexico. Yo, Gail.
5: Hey, bud. You know, at least Biden's been here. You could, you could, (laughs) could meet that, at least. And you're talking about going to an event with Jim Jordan in Ohio, and I assume you're going to try and find barbecue. Man, you can't grow good barbecue north of the 40th parallel. That's just an axiom, <laughs> right? If you want barbecue, you've got to come to El Paso. I will take you to a place mm-hmm. where you will have barbecue that will make you see God. Wow. And that's only partly because the restaurant's at the foot of Mount Cristo Rey with a 100-foot statue of Jesus at the top.
3: Oh. But it's still very good barbecue. Listen, this is right? the And Go ahead. When was the last time you were in Albuquerque? Uh I have not been in Albuquerque in uh forever. Uh I mean at least 20 I... years. God I saw the I saw
5: the jacket on Hannity on on Friday and you know there's a lady up there who makes envelopes for hot air balloons. I thought sure she had your sizes.
3: <laughs> Defund the fashion police, Gail. You had this great yeah. recruiting pitch going. Now you've insulted my 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 designer and his seeing eye dog. That's no way to live. <laughs> That's,
5: that's a, <laughs> yeah, but don't you do the same thing every time you're on on I, Hannity? Oh, or, I, sure <laughs> or, I sure do. I sure do. I'm on I'm on, yeah. Hannity,
3: I'm on Hannity tonight. We're going to straighten some stuff out. Um,
5: well, I'll, I'll tell you what. You mm-hmm. come here, I will take you someplace where I will show you tens of thousands of people waiting on the other side of the border. Mm-hmm. for Title 42 to go wow, away. Now, is... I promise you, mm-hmm. they didn't take Joe Biden there.
3: No, no, no. That's what I wanted to ask you. Know, but... Everybody I know on the ground says that was such a staged photo op and that they kept the camera crews away from the migrant camps, you know, in front of the wall, which I thought was a little rich. But they're not going anywhere near the problem, right?
4: Yeah, no, not
5: at all. He's, he, he, If he does that, then he has to acknowledge that a crisis exists. Yep. They sanitize the scene, make it a perfectly pristine Hollywood set, so that he can go and say, "See, there's no immigrants here. There's there's no crisis. Yep. You know, it was it was total theater. It was nothing but, wow, and not even good theater at that. <laughs> I've seen not, better. At, I've seen better in elementary school.
3: Not not the kind of theater you're going to see in El Paso when we get down there. Is that what you're telling me?
5: Yeah, you." We have comedy clubs here. We got a chuckle, butt, you know,
3: (laughs) well, listen, Gail, congrats on your new job as an event planner. Uh, we'll find (laughs) a date, we'll work it out, and I'll see you on the TV in the meantime. Okay, buddy. Okay, Jim, good stuff, brother. There he goes. The great Gail down in Las Cruces, New Mexico says, I got to go to El Paso. I love to go to El Paso and eat barbecue, but right now. I'm actually trying to hold my life together. They keep telling me not to eat so much so I don't look fat on TV. I just got a voicemail from the wardrobe department three minutes ago.
2: You're killing yourself the way you eat. Y'all fat f*** look at you.
3: They are playing Bell Biv DeVoe. So you know things are getting serious on this show. Joining us now. It doesn't get any more serious than this. He's a former attorney general of the great state of Arizona, taking time out of his busy schedule of smoking cigars and listening to the Grateful Dead. Mark Burnovich is turning down the radio to join us. Hey, man.
7: Hey, don't forget about listening to Kid Rock and Long But the
3: Dead. So, yes,
7: it's, <laughs> it's the death-defying life I lead. You know,
3: I take my chances. So we, we have – there you go. Good work right there. We are yeah. Of all the things we've conversed about via text, you and me – um, some fine videos made by your staff on the way out the door there. Uh, the one thing we did not discuss is, what was was there an official cigar when you actually hung up the cleats in the AG's office? Was there a go-to ceremonial cigar?
7: Oh, my goodness. There should have been. And, you know, I think I've mentioned this to you. And uh, my deputy chief of staff for years has been trying to get me in cigar aficionado, mm. you know, like the guys – you know, whatever people like to smoke, what their favorite smoke is. And so for years we actually had a contingency plan, whether do I go with a Cuban cigar, you know, I love the Romeo and Juliet uh-huh. but then people are like, Oh my God, he's anti communist and why is he smoking Cuban cigars? So <laughs> then, you know, and you gotta go with like the Padron sixty four with Anniversario, which is one of my all time favorites or the Fuente Opus X. So I, and now, you know that I'm no longer in public office. If anyone here is listening, like uh, from Fuente or Padron, um, feel free to go ahead and send me a complimentary box of those Padron <laughs> or Opus X. <X's. laughs> Shameless. Shameless brother. <laughs>
3: That is so funny. I, I am of, course, out of work now, you know. Yeah, no. Well, I of course, <laughs> or I of course, being the host of a nationally syndicated talk show on a news network, I could never accept that gift.
7: Yeah. Uh, you from, just drop something as well, though.
3: Yeah, well, <laughs> from one of these outlets. Uh, however, yeah. if they do send a box your way, I'd be happy to stop by for a little catching up, if you will.
7: I will. I Maybe mean, I'd have to come and make a special delivery. Ooh. Me and you together.
3: Ooh. Forget about it, cowboy. Well, I think the last time I hung out with you, we were at Del Friscos, and we may or may not have been getting. And I'm not. I'm saying may or may not. Not because I'm trying to be funny, but I think we were approached at the bar by professional working-class women who clearly didn't know you were the attorney general of Arizona and, of course, happily married, uh, and clearly didn't know that I don't make the kind of money for that level of escort. Uh, but I was—I have to say, we never discussed this. Did your spidey sense go off that time? Well,
7: um, it must have, because I am so used to people coming up to me now, and if they're like lefties, they'll come up to me go, oh my god, why do you want to take away, you know, someone's right to choose or something? And then if they're on the right, they're like, oh my gosh, you know, why aren't you doing your job? And so I've kind of gotten used to people like being angry when I'm around <laughs> and so the fact that anyone said, oh my gosh, what are you boys drinking? And then I was like, wow, this is kind of unusual. I can't believe someone's paying attention to us. And I thought, <laughs> well, it must be it must be the Jimmy effect. You're on your home turf there and uh, yeah. yeah, you're, you know, so it's, uh, yeah. Well, maybe but that's yeah, what about it was. halfway through that, I realized like, wait a minute, you and I are not good-looking enough to have women approach us to start talking
3: to us. <laughs> out of the well, the rule of thumb in New York is like any time a woman you don't know says hello to you from more than twenty feet away, there's usually a motivation. <laughs> and it's not. Your... Well,
7: I'm just glad they weren't dudes. So it's. Uh, it's all, <laughs> oh well. Yes, yeah, the it's night is good. young. Uh, no, no, yes, yes. Not, not. There's any wrong with that. No,
3: not at all. Mark Bernovich is on the line, uh, and we're talking about the border all day today because Biden kind of had. Did it strike you as more of a photo op than a legitimate? border visit yesterday
7: oh come on man that was that was the photo op of all photo ops the, the mother of photo ops I, I told one of my friends yesterday that uh there's good news and bad news about biden's visit to the southern border is uh, i guess the good news is he finally says he's going to do something the bad news is absolutely no one believes him anymore i mean it's like nope. really i mean i i, I feel like i'm work on some new material there, but I mean, the one thing about uh, Joe Biden, him and George Washington have a lot in common, Jimmy. What you know, that? one, they both have that white hair, and two, neither of them has done much lately. So,
3: <laughs> oh man. man, well that's I'm not, working you know, on new material. Sorry. They, they have more in common though, because they did also graduate high school the same year. Oh, so that's God. not nothing. That's
7: like, I cannot duel with a professional comedian.
3: Oh, I mean, that's funny. Yeah, you know,
7: you, you're the hardest. I told you, I texted you this like a couple weeks ago. You are the hardest working man um in show business since James Brown. <laughs> you don't have as good of hair as him and but man you are you are you work your tail off man no, you are I, everywhere.
3: I get the reps and you want to know what it is I don't actually know that this is work because there's a version of me uh, that was driving a taxi 84 hours a week. So there's no way I can call up cab driver me and tell them about the challenges of being this version of me. You know what I mean? I'm like for, you don't understand bro. problems yes. yeah
7: when I start to uh, Yes, whine about my cigar selection yeah. or something. Yeah. My if wife I, reminds me these are first
3: world issues. Yeah, I can't call 2007 Jimmy and tell them that 2023 Jimmy had to get makeup and do news for five minutes with a couple of starlets. You know, you don't understand. There's a former Miss <laughs> Universe needs my opinion on some celebrity couple, bro. It's hard. Anyway, I'll let you go. I know you're getting cut off and shot at on the Van Wick Expressway. But let me get back. <laughs> let me get back into my bunker. Things are bad here too. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Come on, man. Mark Bernovich is on the line. So this is well, the
7: other what, 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 thing. Go but ahead. seriously, man, think about this. What a what a country. I mean, I, I remember when I argued at the Supreme Court last time. See how I dropped that like in there? That. When I argued at the Supreme Court last time, you know, I went up there and I was really trying to soak it in, and I was arguing against, you know, the cake eater uh, Biden administration, you know, Harvard guys, and I just remember thinking, what an effing country where a guy like me is a first generation American. I've been working since I delivered paper boys as a kid, and here. I am arguing against the President of the United States and his his Ivy League cake-eater lawyers about whether people in the country illegally should get government benefits in front of you know, the nine justices of the Supreme Court. And, crazy. you know, you're, you're the I think you have more airtime now on Fox than anybody, it seems like, between <laughs> your radio and TV show. And, you know, you were driving a cab 15 years ago and now you're the, the face of Fox, so to speak.
3: Uh, well, listen, I'll take it. I, country. I was. I know it is. It's, I, I bring that story up a lot because I'm trying to, like, remind people that the the of, like, right now is in 2023, there's never been an easier time to be anything than, than it is in 2023. But they keep selling people like a fake oppression. You know what I'm saying? So I tell that story to remind people that, yeah, like, I, I was actually driving a taxi, like, full, I still had my license in 2014. So realistically, it's been about eight years since I was a full-time cab driver. But, I mean, I want to fast forward back well before then to speak to the prosperity in this country in that – if you I know you know the story of Motown and Barry Gordy. Yeah. Okay, that predates the civil rights era. Barry Gordy got Motown going in nineteen fifty eight, was able to create a billion dollar entity through writing songs and choreographed dances and, you know, fine-tuning artists and presentations. Like, America had this level of opportunity in 1958 and we're still pretending in 2023 that the deck is stacked. Like, I consider that, like, the most shameful thing in our modern politic, beyond all the things we're doing wrong with the border and everything else and the reckless spending. This idea that we're selling people, like, incentivized victimhood. Don't you think that's, like, a bigger detriment to the well-being of society? than almost anything
7: absolutely and one of the things that i will just say about barry gordy and motown one i second that emotion of everything you just (laughs) said and two remember motown went downhill when what happened they moved it to los angeles because california is the ruin of many a young man and um the bottom line is is that this country has provided more opportunities and more freedom for more people than any other country in the world. And as you know, I'm a first generation American and what's made this country so great and so amazing, it is truly the land of opportunity. And that's why in New York, for example, you can be a, a Haitian immigrant and you know end up in one generation, you know owning a business and sending your kids to college. Or you can be someone like me whose family fled communism, you know, you you know, immerse yourself in the culture, you learn the language, you study hard, and you can literally go in on one generation from speaking Serbo-Croatian in your house to arguing against the President of the United States at the Supreme Court. And that's because we don't have a national religion, we don't have a national, um, you know, ethnic identity like they do in China or Japan. You don't have, we don't have a Church of England or, you know, a national church. But we have these sacred documents, the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, which means that the government is limited and every person has an opportunity to succeed or fail. And that is the greatness of this country, that no matter where we come from, you, know, you could move to Italy and live there the rest of your life, and they would always consider you the American who moved to Italy. I could go to Poland and live and die there, and my obituary would be the American who you know, went to Poland. This is the only country, no matter who you are, where you come from, you can become an American because we're not founded on a religion. We're not founded on a national ethnic identity. We are founded on a creed and a notion that all of us are equal under the law and all of us have rights given to us by the creator. And government is not supposed to pick winners and losers. It's supposed to provide equal opportunity where we can all succeed or fail on
3: our own merits. I mean, seriously, dude, all I could say to that, the studio audience, they're just on their feet cheering. Is uh some guys playing America the Beautiful on a flute when you wrapped up that last part? No, that Sam was. Liam
7: in there? It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Not the pan flute. Yeah, Too sorry. funny.
3: Mark yeah. Bernovich is on the line. Let me ask you this, because you're right. And I say this every day, the, the greatest divide of our times is victorhood versus victimhood. Victorhood, you can do it. Victimhood, the deck is stacked. Why bothered? I think you made the most eloquent case for victorhood that anyone could make. So speaking to that point about why there is so much opportunity here is it kind of, you know, overlaps with the fact that so many people are trying to make it to our border because they know there's an opportunity for a better life here than there is anywhere else in the world. So this is the question I want to ask you though. It's just a purely a political one. Do you think Biden is finally speaking up about the border because he knows the Republicans control the House and he could kind of scapegoat them and say they're the problem?
7: Yes. I, I really I didn't want to believe this for the longest time, but I really do think that Joe Biden or whoever's talking in your piece, this is all intentional and it's all political. Every single thing they've done on the border is political mm-hmm. because it's not fair to to us in the United States, the hardworking, you know, you know, middle American, you know. Uh, taxpayers of what's happening when you have a record amount of fentanyl coming into this country. When you have a record amount of people, a majority of the people coming into the country illegally right now don't have health insurance. So in places like Yuma, Arizona, and along the border, these small communities, the hospital systems are being overwhelmed, which obviously impacts taxpayers. And then when you think about the amount of fentanyl, and not only people dying, but the cost in, in human lives and treasure that that's, that's impacting all of us. And then it's not fair to the migrants themselves who are being Exploited by the cartels, the cartels become enriched, and empowered. Every day, there's what an average now 2,000 gotaways. So these are the people that aren't coming in to kind of give up and surrender and be paroled into the country. These are people that are trying to evade capture. So it's dangerous, it's reckless. He's incentivized it, um, you know, by giving people government benefits. He's decriminalized it, but not prosecuting people for illegal entry, like even Barack Obama did. And so it really is uh, crazy. There's crazy. There's insanity. And then there's doing what Joe Biden has done on our border. And so I do think it's conscious. I think it's purposeful. And I think it's political. And it's like I said, it's not fair to anyone because I've said this to you. I've said it to other people, we will have a problem when people don't want to come to the United States of America. So there's nothing inherently wrong about immigration. But it is wrong when you do it illegally and the system gets overwhelmed. And then what happens is then people start, you know, demonizing immigrants. And then you can't have long-term policy solutions. And so now when Joe Biden has let in more than 5 million, 6 million people into this country illegally, it's, you know, exasperated a problem we already have of addressing immigration in this country. And so what are you going to do now? what's going to happen to all these people that I think now are going to end up having to live in this no-man kind of shadow land where they're kinda of in the United States but then they don't have the full benefits of citizenship and it's going to become a political football and unfortunately whether it's you know, issues like abortion, issues like election integrity and now immigration are going to become these issues where for the next ten, fifteen years you're going to see politicians on the left and the politicians on the right, you know, the old bosses, you know, the old new boss, and they're just going to campaign on this stuff and it's going to become a huge political issue. So until if I were – if I were in the Senate, I almost was there, right? If, if I were there, it would be like you have to enforce existing law. You have to start you know, deporting people with deportation orders. You have to prosecute people for illegal reentry. You have to build the wall. Once you're serious about getting operational control of the border, then you can try to figure out long-term solutions. But anybody that's going to the border now, whether they're senators, whether it's the president, it's all BS. It's all – Political theater. um, And, you know, frankly, it's why people are so cynical about politics in Washington, D.C.
3: Well said. Uh, I agree. And I I just think it's just so there's like this basic dereliction of duty when it comes to keeping the country safe. And uh, they don't care. Uh, But all I will leave you with is if you do get a reach out from one of those cigar companies you mentioned at the top of the interview, let me know.
7: I will tell you what, I will guarantee you that you get 10% of whatever swag I get.
3: Just call me Jimmy Big Guy Fela. Is that what you're hey, saying? Can next time, can
7: we talk about my Adidas tennis shoe deal I want?
3: Now, like, really quick, <laughs> give it to me. Go ahead.
7: No, I told you I wanted, I wanted to be the first elected official to sneaker deal, but now I'm not in office anymore.
3: Yeah, well, I don't know that elected officials can get sneaker deals. That's the point.
7: Well, no. anyway, let's, let's focus on the cigars Bur- for now. Berovich, next when
3: I'm functioning as standards and practices, you got a big problem, dude. <laughs> I, <laughs> oh, I, come on. I, now I, you're going to give me a bad reputation. Uh, no, you're not. You're right. the best. You're the best. All right. Uh, be well. P- people okay, are talking. You're
7: a good man, Jimmy. Thank you, brother. You too.
3: See you, Mark. Later.
2: There he goes, Mark Brnovich. There we go. Back after this. The show that's not afraid to tell you the truth.
3: Not only are you not a very nice person, you're also a slob.
2: Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
3: girl it is fox across america with your radio buddy jimmy falla i am about to become your tv buddy when this show ends today i will be on the fox business network with dagan mcdowell at 5 p.m eastern and then tonight at nine o'clock eastern i will be back on the sean hannity show right here on the fox news channel love to have you there your buddy needs the ratings you better tune in come on man uh, but while i am trying to make tv magic our producer mikey it is now, it's now Mikey Mondays on the show until we get Mikey a girlfriend. Mikey needs a girlfriend. Okay, I can't name names, but it goes back a few weeks now. We thought he might have had one lined up, but we won't get into specifics. But the point is, Mikey is 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 hard working. He's the producer of the fastest growing radio show in the country. In fact, we just la- landed a monster new affiliate that you're going to hear about the minute we start broadcasting on their station. Uh but they know who they are because they're probably listening to the show right now. So thank you guys. Big hug from here. Uh, hooray. Uh but in the meantime, uh prior to that launch, uh, we're trying to find a woman for Mikey who's a great guy, uh a huge sports fan. Um, good worker. Can I can't, Josh, what else can we say about Mikey? Like, I want to say it's like it'd be safe to hook your daughters up with him, but I don't know that it would be safe, Josh. I'm struggling here. I mean, I, I don't really know, you know— what to look for for him because I've just been trying to build him up and I've just been trying to say you know if I found someone there's got to be someone for you and it you know yeah try my best man me, me and Josh have landed phenomenal women and I world class women and I'm not just saying that because that's what his wife Meg wrote down on the card I'm reading but no they're both world class we you know Jenny and Meg uh, and Mikey deserves to complete uh, the you know the triangle the triangle offense we need to find Mikey a woman if you guys message me on the Fox Across America Facebook page and you know how to do so tastefully. Uh, Ideally, somebody located on the East Coast, but we don't care. I met an Ohio girl. I flew back and forth for the right girl. And believe me, Josh and I would love to ship Mikey out of town for some three-day weekends if we could. It would make Mondays a lot easier around here. So Mikey Mondays, uh, starting today and going forward. Uh, If you can think of any potential matches for Mikey, aside from Meghan Markle, uh, you're welcome to call in. You're welcome to message me on the Facebook or the Twitter and help us find uh, a a Mrs. Mikey uh, because he deserves somebody. He deserves somebody great. I mean, not you know, it's not amateur hour. We you're, you're already going to have one amateur in the relationship. We need a professional on the female side of the fence if that's the way this thing goes. So reach out to me one way or the other, uh, and make sure you're watching me on the telly tonight. We got a big week. Is a lot of TV tomorrow night. I'm on Ingram. Uh, Wednesday night, you'll see me on Waters World with Jesse Waters. Thursday, I'm back on Hannity. Friday, I'm back on Hannity. I'm also going to be on Outnumbered this week. You'll see me on the Faulkner Focus with Harris Faulkner. I'm on with Stuart Varney tomorrow. There's a lot of TV. I really am taking over. Uh, But I'm taking over because you guys are amazing, and there is a market for this mediocrity. Thanks for fine folks like yourself. So the show's over. Pay up. Get out. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Just don't be a—
2: Put the power of over 100 meteorologists and the worldwide resources of Fox in your hands with the Fox Weather Podcast. Precise, personal, powerful. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.